1: Hello, hello, everyone around the world, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is always to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. And before we actually start the body of our show today, and by the way, it's going to be a really special show, um, I would like to put a call out to all of you all around the world. Um, what we would like is if, the, if you have been wanting us to talk about something specific on this show. That a address, topic
2: to explore.
1: Yeah, that, that is in the area of spirituality, miracles, etc. Please feel free to write us at our email address at Michael. Wait a minute. That's not it.
2: Living the Miracle Living the miracle, miracle
1: Radio. Living the Miracle Radio at gmail.com. Living the Miracle Radio. Make sure you put radio on there or it won't go to us. It'll go to someone else. Living the Miracle Radio at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate that. Um, we're just starting our, what, third year, second year? Third year, I believe. Second year. Third year. It feels like it was a long year. <laughs> That's right. Second year. <laughs> And um it's not that we're short of topics but we wanted to find out if any of you were interested in something we haven't touched on yet
2: or more of something we've already touched on but you want to
1: hear have more some about
2: it specific uh, aspects of it.
1: Absolutely. Well, we call our show Living the Miracle because to live the life of spirit and to fulfill our purpose for being here require a whole slew of miracles. If we keep living in a way that hasn't brought us true happiness, but rather kept us in quite a bit of pain and suffering, (laughs) we're going to continue to live in pain and suffering, and we'll have to settle for less than a joy-filled life. To live the freedom, creativity, love, and boundless happiness that we are meant to live, we have to learn to paint and live outside the box of history. And what's a miracle? It's always a surprise, isn't it? Because it's not what we planned on or expected or even demanded. But it always makes us smile and opens our heart in gratitude because a miracle always heals us, makes us more whole. A miracle is a gift from the undivided wholeness of life that helps us restore ourselves to that wholeness from the isolation Invalidation, competition, and the resulting wars we may experience both within and without us. And that's such an old-fashioned expression. In other words, inside of us or outside of us. (laughs) We can't ever schedule a miracle on our appointment calendar, but we have to be present to receive it as a gift from Spirit. We titled today's episode, How to Grow Miracles, Because for us to be present here and now to receive the miracle that Spirit has to offer, we have to grow them like roses, daffodils, and lilies in a garden. In fact, flowers are miracles themselves, aren't they? We can't really make them grow. But if we correctly plant the seed and take care of the soil and make sure that it receives enough water and nourishment and sunshine... It miraculously blooms into a beautiful flower in its own time. We can't even make them bloom according to our schedule. Just as flowers bloom on their own in nature, miracles bloom on their own. If we but not limit them doing so. We can't make miracles grow. But we often stop them from growing in our lives. It's a bit like a real estate developer who buys land filled with blooming flowers and decides to build large buildings on that land. If the developer does that, he or she prevents the, the flowers from growing there on the land. In a similar way, we often ignore or neglect to see the miracle seeds that are planted in our lives and instead build what we want and think are more important to us. Growing miracles is also a long-term commitment and endeavor, just as a growing a beautiful flower garden is. Flowers don't blossom overnight. Miracles may happen in an instant, and they do, but they are like the overnight successes that took 40 years of work to get to. If you consistently and continuously plant miracle seeds every day over time, you will start to see your garden filled with with more and more miracle flowers year-round.
2: Most of my miracles took, I mean, most of my successes, (laughs) overnight successes took years and years.
1: (laughs) Ah. And that's true with most people, actually.
2: Yeah, there's no such thing as overnight success or instant something. It's been building up to that. But when it pops, it looks like, oh, it just happened. Well, the kind of miracle seeds that you plant, along with Raphael's analogy here, determines the kind of miracle flowers that bloom in your garden. I was just thinking again of about our huge move recently. recently. Well, it wasn't that recent, but earlier this year, it seems recent to us because we're still we're still putting re- recovering. On the <laughs> uh, we're still hanging pictures. We're, we've unboxed everything. I think pretty much. No, not yet. <laughs> but so we're still moving. <laughs> uh, so when we uh, moved from Manchester to establish a new home in Sacramento, well, most people. I know have experienced at least one or more moves from one house to another, from one location to another, and came through it with flying colors. Some may have felt that their move was more strenuous or challenging than others, but our move was bordering on the ridiculous (laughs) in terms of what we did, how we did it, And when we did it, the move seemed like a perfect storm of everything you probably shouldn't do or maybe even can't do in a move. The final preparations and actual physical aspects of moving out of the old house and moving in to our new one unfolded over a four-month process. But the actual moving with trucks and trailers and SUVs and driving back and forth between two cities coincided with our house sale and closing process of escrow. During the worst winter months, weather-wise, in a small mountain town and during one of our busiest months in terms of starting everything for the new year of teaching setting up curriculums, courses for the whole year, scheduling, finding venues, signing contracts for venues, and traveling all along to several and diverse types of major events. We didn't cancel or reschedule anything to accommodate the move or the house sale. Logically, there just wasn't enough time in each day for us to have pulled everything off. I actually went over all that because it was so mind-boggling how we were able to do it. <laughs> Every morning during the last month or more of that adventure, I woke up being amazed that not only were we still alive and functioning, but even more so that everything was still moving forward and we didn't miss or skip anything. Of course, there was no possible way that we could have done it all without the gracious and enormous and capable
1: help of several wonderful friends. We should shout out some of their names. Yvonne and Anthony, thank you very much. Jen, Oksana, John, Gigi, Noel. Noel. 10 times over Noel. That's <laughs> Noel is our wonderful assistant that we have always at the phones ready to take your calls for teleseminars and such and she was there to help us for many things. Yeah. <laughs> In regard to the move. Yeah. Shredding 38 big boxes
2: full of Papers, documents. Oh, oh, yes. And we <laughs>
1: included in that move was the move out of our uh, physical office. office. And I left out Donna. So in case you're listening, Donna, we thank you as well. It's, it's amazing, you know. And so even with all that
2: help, the whole thing was completely amazing, down to certain days where heavy rainstorms were predicted throughout the day without any breaks, when we weren't going to be able to load up one of our cars with the many valuable original artwork we have, and no way to do so under adequate cover from the rain, because we had to have the U-Haul trailer backed up into partway into the garage, so we could do the rest of the uh, move and packing and everything under cover, but the SUV that the U-Haul trailers hitched onto. Well, you can't back it up into the <laughs> into the garage or anywhere where there's cover. Okay, so we're, we're looking at this, and Rafihana I'm going, okay, we're gonna need at least an hour with no rain in the middle of the day, exactly when one of our helpers was supposed to arrive for that load in. but on top of everything, we couldn't even specify exactly what time because he could come any time during a certain window during that day, so it was dependent upon when he showed up, okay, so then, what happens? Well, we look out the window, here comes our helper, he parks the car in front of our house, Gets out of the car, looks up, and the rain stops right then. And so Raphael and I jump up and said to each other, this is our miracle. We have to get everything packed into the car part right now. (laughs) So go running out, and we have our friend come in. Okay, we got to do this right away. We just take all the paintings and run over to the car, the SUV in the back, Just start piling it up and arranging everything. And it took us pretty much about an hour to do that. I close the back door of the SUV, start heading back to the house. It starts pouring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, of course, in the pouring rain, we were able to do the rest of the loading into the U-Haul trailer that's securely halfway into the garage.
1: <laughs> I would like to add another little quickie story from our move, which uh, you might really appreciate. Um, and this was uh, in the part of our move after we had our household done. And um, it was the final part of getting the office moved. And for the most part, Noel, our assistant, did almost all the work. And it was so much, it was almost unbelievable. But at the end, I had rented a trailer, brought it up to Mount Shasta. And she, because I was so exhausted, I couldn't even lift a box. It was that tiring, this whole thing. So she was loading uh, the trailer of the final things we wanted to take with us from our office. And the final thing was a small safe which weighed, weighs about 100 pounds. Oh, yeah. It was just way too heavy. Even she's a strong lady, and uh, usually I am too, and the two of us could have lifted it up uh, when, if we were both not exhausted from this whole thing, especially me. But um, we were we. What we did was we took it, and it was a long way from the front of the office all the way out the back door of the office. And it was just starting to sprinkle, and the snow looked like it was going to be coming any second. So we put out boxes, flattened boxes, to push it out to in front of to in front of the uh, uh, back of the trailer. And we looked at each other and went, "Now what?" So I face away from the trailer, and I put my arms up, and I said, Okay, spirit, send us a big, strong man. And then we looked at each other and kind of shrugged our shoulders, and I went, Okay, now we wait. And sure enough, one minute later, a guy pulls in, and it happens to be the adult son of our landlady who was next door, who I've never met before, and he was big and strong and able to lift that thing in one swell foop. So that's one of my fun stories about that. You know, all you have to do is ask sometimes. Our first break is coming right up, and we have coming up this Saturday, May 11th, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific time, our teleclass called Stuck, Be Psychic, and Create Something New. It's part of our popular ongoing series, You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think. You can have a much more in depth live class from us about many of the areas of life we touch upon here on our show. For those of you in time zones that make it hard to join us in these teleclasses, they become available as an MP3 audio download a couple days after the live teleclass. You can call Noelle at our office at 530 926 2650 to purchase it. When we return in a couple minutes, we'll continue with our show on. How to Grow Miracles. We will be right back.
3: It's your world. Motivate.
1: Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com com.
4: on Voice America Empowerment. And get ready to soar. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to lead
3: up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your hosts, Colleen Biggs and Dee Daniels. Speak with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment.
1: If you are looking to deepen your understanding of karma, the law of attraction, metaphysics, mindfulness, and intuition, be sure to tune in each week for You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with host Catherine Potter. Catherine and her insightful guests will show how everything interconnects, explaining concepts and modalities that connect the mind and body. It's a refreshing look at the universe and the laws that govern it. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel
2: Become our friend on Facebook Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America
0: You are listening to Living the Miracle Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Let's get back to showing you how to grow miracles. So, Michael... What does it take to grow miracles like that consistently? Like our nice strong man showing up out of the blue. Yeah, any of those (laughs)
2: miracles. Yeah, whether you think they are big or small miracles, miracles are miracles. And even though you can't ever expect miracles on demand, you can cultivate your garden of miracles so that miracles can happen when you need them. For example, one of the miracles that was a gift that kept on giving during that period was the help of several friends, some of whom went completely out of their way and way out of where they live to come help us exactly when we needed them. Cultivating loving relationships over the long haul grows those miracle seeds to bloom when you need them. It's building a spirit of community and a community of spirit for decades that helped us to reap those miracles. Another important ingredient in growing miracles is that life is always giving. If you try to take or demand or just stay focused on what you want from life, life can't really give to you. It's when you do everything you do from a place of giving, you know, offering what you have to, to life itself, that you end up in the stream of life, flowing in the same direction as life. The river of life lifts you up and transports you to where you need to be. Givingness is never divisive goes all the way around you can't truly give to another if you don't include yourself in the giving healing can never go in only in one direction from healer to healy it always includes both as well as everyone around them
1: we have an old saying and it is give a healing receive a healing
2: Another important part of cultivating your miracle garden is always keeping the miracle in your awareness. Oh, I see a miracle happening. (laughs) Miracles are not limited, nor are they limiting. They free you up and open you up more. So you have to be willing and open to start with. Are you wanting a miracle To give to you, or are you open to sharing the miracle with yourself and everyone else? The more you exclude certain people and things from deserving of miracles, the more you begin to limit your miracles growing. Miracles come from the undivided limitlessness of life, not from the divided and isolated. In growing miracles, you can't try to do things to make miracles happen. You have to cultivate the garden, the space in which miracles can grow and blossom in your daily living. Miracles can't be scheduled because they exist out of time. It's only in the present that you can greet a miracle. Growing miracles also requires that you become aware of miracles everywhere. Rather than wanting them or trying to make them happen, you have to be able to have them as they grow and blossom, wherever, whenever. I never think of miracles as a separate event or occasion. They're all part of life all the time. When I appreciate all the miracles that are happening, the more the miracles grow in my life. Another thing about miracles is that They grow along with that saying, God loves a cheerful giver. (laughs) Ever hear that one? Yeah. My experience of miracles has been that they always bloom when you're giving, sharing yourself with others, with life itself. Miracles always show up when I wasn't making my life all about me. Me. (laughs) Me want a cookie. That's my (laughs) mantra. That's
1: one of Michael's signature sayings. He says it at least once every lecture.
2: (laughs) Me want a cookie. That's cookie monster is my representative, my, uh, what do you call it, avatar for my ego. (laughs) We make it cute, right? Blue and cute. Me want a cookie. So, Miracles show up when you make your life about everyone. Not just about this person because I like this person. Not just to exclude that person because I can't stand that person or anything like that. Not to exclude yourself. No, 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 not for me, just for you. Or exclude everybody else for yourself. Just for me, not for anybody else. No, miracles show up when you make it about everyone. Miracles are for sharing, not for keeping. When you open up to limitless possibilities for what can happen or what you can create, miracles grow. When you limit yourself and your life, you stifle your growing of miracles in your life. So always know that miracles are already within you. Within everybody. You just have to cultivate your miracle garden in yourself and in your life. Then big changes for the better can happen in your life that you didn't know could happen or in a way that you didn't know could happen. So Raphael, you know what do you what do you keep in your mind for growing miracles? Do you, do you do that only when you feel you need them, or do you make it a part of your daily awareness? Also, I recall many years ago, you told me about when you realized that you don't need a disaster to have a miracle. Would you tell your uh, our listeners about
1: that story? Sure, um, but... That's the last of several questions, so I'm going to answer the first question you asked first, and that is, um, do I keep miracles, uh, what do I keep in my mind for growing miracles? Well, I became really interested in the phenomenon of miracles after I learned about visualization techniques, or what we call mock-ups, how you create uh, first with energy before you create and manifest physically because some incredible, amazing things started to happen. So what I did was, because it worked so well, I wanted to have uh, creating miracles having, not just about manifesting, because manifesting is really a low level of miracles in that sense. because miracles can happen on every level, including, you know saving someone from committing suicide just by saying hello to them. But what I did was at the time, and this was probably 20, 25 years ago, is I really realized I loved the energy, just the energy of miracles. Mm. So what I did at that time, and I still do to this day, in a Mm. sense, is early on, before there were um, DVDs and downloads and all that kind of stuff from computers, it was back in the days when we had televisions and videotape machines. I would order every videotape I could find on the all the lists. And it was, again, before you could even get uh, on a computer in order. But I, I would search for them everywhere. I would buy videos and stories that depicted miracles. And I would watch them often. And I would read books about uh, true life miracles that happen, even ones that were outside the range of my spiritual beliefs and that sort of thing, because, you know, uh, not even outside the range of my spiritual beliefs, but with people with different belief systems, you know, that could be couched in very heavy uh, Christian language or something like that. And not that I I don't, you know, love the Christian religion or the uh, Jewish religion. I admire everyone has a way to the truth here. But I just, what I was looking for was that element of the miracle energy. And I would sometimes even think about miracles when I'd go to sleep at night and um, bring them, try to bring the energy of it in my life so that when I, when it was, let's say, either appropriate for me to have a miracle or time for me to have a miracle or like the case with, with uh, working with Noel and getting that safe in, into the back of the um, trailer, we needed one right away. And I just assumed that something was going to happen. We just didn't know if we were going to be sitting there for five minutes or 20 minutes. Um, and if nobody showed up, we would have probably, uh, with our creative energy, figured out a way to get that thing up in the, into the trailer. But it, it was all about creating that energy of... Uh, let's say, taking a leap over what you think needs to be done for something to happen.
2: Yeah, that's that painting and drawing outside the line, yes. outside the box. <laughs>
1: I also found that if I shared some of the stories with others, uh, when appropriate, sometimes that would validate the energy of, sp- of the miracles. Um and then the, there were those times when I needed a miracle. I would always have the faith and keep my heart and soul open and certain that it will be given in one form or another. You know, we've spoke we've spoken in other radio shows about asking the right question. Well, sometimes when you're asking for a miracle and You know, whether you're doing it consciously or not, it has to be in the in the form of the right question because or in the right request in a way, because if you if you, for instance, get too specific, it may take a little longer for spirit to to get that to you. Say, for instance, you're stranded on the side of the road and you go, oh, Archangel Michael, would you please send me a blue pickup truck in the year of 1980 or sooner to pick me up? Well, (laughs) that's going to be possible. But you may be waiting a lot longer than if you just send up the simple request, I'm stuck and I'm putting my faith in you that this truck will show up with a safe person in it that will pick me up. And it doesn't matter if it's a rattle trap of a truck as long as it gets me there kind of a thing. Or if it's a nice truck. And if you would prefer to be picked up in a newer model uh, vehicle, then you could possibly put that request out. But if you're in the middle of nowhere, guess what? It's probably more likely that it will be an older truck.
2: Yes. Miracles are open. So the more open we are, which means we're not limiting ourselves in any way right? So I learned this long time ago when I started to work with what Raphael is talking about in creating mockups, in manifesting what we need, what we would like to have or have more of in, in life. I learned that real quick, where, oh yeah, it's one thing to, Decide. Okay, what I would like is is uh, uh, sky Hawaiian blue Chevy uh, Silverado Silverado pickup truck four wheel drive, <laughs> and all the minor details exactly how the 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 upholstery is, and you know the brand and the model and all that and that. Well, it, like Raphael said, it works because when I did it that way. I ended up with that exact Chevy Hawaiian blue that was a very specific color yet to order, (laughs) four-wheel drive pickup truck. But I thought, wait a minute, what's the purpose for me to have that? Because, oh, that was all me going Yes, me want a cookie. <laughs> me want a Hawaiian blue cookie. <laughs> and, and a big cookie with four-wheel drive. But uh, next time, it, some years later, I'm at a place where I need to have a car. And at that time, I thought, you know what? What if I, instead of asking for something specific on on the outside, how about if it's, something specifically meant to to fulfill the purpose for which I need this vehicle. So I said, I don't care what what kind of car it is, brand, color, whatever, as long as I like it, right? That's all I care about. And that it gets me from point A to point B in comfort and reliable and serves the purpose for which I need this vehicle. Great. Guess what? I got exactly what I needed. and everything worked out perfectly. But I didn't know until I got it what it was going to look like, what it was going to what brand or color or shape it's going to be.
1: Tell the funny part about that about the first one.: Well, the first one, it was, oh, when he put all the details in, he forgot to put the trailer in, or the the back part of the truck in and um, he actually got a truck without the closure in the back which was kind of funny anyway uh, our second break is coming up already if you don't already have a copy of Michael's profound book you are the answer discovering and fulfilling your soul's purpose you can get it through our website or through amazon.com it certainly will be worth your while to read it when we return we'll continue our exploration of how you can learn to grow miracles see you in a couple minutes.
4: What makes someone successful in their field? On Transformational Energy Leadership, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey speaks to amazing guests who share their ideas, advice, tips, and tricks as to what defines success for them. The result is positive transformation for you. You'll learn that personal energy is the key to make it work, and you'll hear through actual examples how to bring that positive transformation to life. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice. America Empowerment.
3: We hear just be you a lot these days, but who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on the Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
4: Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment.
2: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
0: You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle.
1: Great to have you back. We're exploring how to grow miracles today. Well, in the last part, Michael was asking me uh, or Uh, mentioning that he recalled many years ago that I told him that I realized how you don't need a disaster to have a miracle. Well, you know, you can have a miracle if there's a disaster going on, but one of the things that people associate with miracles I've, you know, thought about over the years is oftentimes miracles and disasters are often kind of put together. I'd like to tell you a story of how I learned that you really don't have to have a disastrous situation going on to have a miracle, and this is how I learned it. I was in my late thirties, and I was—I had signed up to be on this amazing trip to Egypt with a group of—I don't know—a hundred psychics, maybe eighty-nine or so, and um, we went to the Great Pyramid of Giza. All of them, of course, and. It was quite an astounding experience. We went inside, we did toning, we had the pyramid to ourselves. Actually, everybody else ran away when we started doing the toning. And Michael has some incredible stories from his two trips to Egypt and to the pyramids as well. And oftentimes, miracle stories do happen around there because I believe a lot of interesting energy work and miracles happened in the deep past. And that's imprinted in that area. So we were there, we had this amazing meditation inside the pyramid, and we went outside of the pyramid, and there were all these Egyptian guys with camels, uh, offering camel rides. And I said, hey, I would love to take a ride on one of those camels. Now, before I further the story here, I forgot the most important part of the story was before this trip... I had been in meditation. We we gathered together as a group for, I don't know, six once a month for six months before this trip to ready ourselves energetically to work our past lives as we went to Egypt, because most of us had had past lives there. And one of the things that came to my mind was, I would like to actually experience some kind of miracle when I'm on this trip. So that's a very important part of this story. So I put that out to spirit. And when I did that, I realized I gave it. I just let it go, and I didn't put any expectation on it. I just really let it go and sort of forgot about it, which is the best way to do a creating process. Is once you make your request, you let it go and go on with your life and creating. So my creating was in in getting the money for this trip and and getting on with uh, joining this group and really being with them. So back to walking out of the pyramid after that wonderful meditation and these guys walking around with their camels michael and i decided to hire one of them to get on the back of the camel and i was carrying something in each hand i think a video camera in one hand and a camera in the other we didn't have cell phones back then because it was in the 1980s and michael gets on first no, I got on first in the back, and then Michael got on. And as he was getting on, this camel decided he didn't want either one of us on him. And he started he started to get up. And camels are huge, by the mm. way, in case you have never been to Egypt. They're gigantic creatures. And when they get up, their legs are all folded under them. So it's sort of a big rocking motion. And suddenly he started getting upset, this camel, and getting out of the control of his uh, handler. And I saw the picture this camel had was he was going to take us and run us out into the desert. So as he was starting to even be in that process of bucking, um, I realized at that moment, oh my gosh, I'm afraid of horses. What am I doing on a camel? And I went into that line of thinking and I real I, I thought I had one of two choices, was to hold on to that hump of that camel real hard and let go of the cameras or... Um, or, you know, and run out in the desert or let it buck me off. And I went ahead and let it buck me off and I was still holding on to the cameras as I flew off. Now, later, witnesses told me that when I flew off, Michael held on and he didn't, he didn't fly off. He just, uh, the handler finally got a hold of the camel and uh, got him back down and Michael got off properly and ran over to me. But witnesses said when I flew, flew off that camel I hit rear end first onto a rock but my memory of it is I hit a rock and I went unconscious for just a few seconds and I actually felt myself come up out of my body and way in the background I could hear screaming and yelling and Michael uh, made everybody stand back while he healed me and brought me back to the body and I came back pretty quickly, and um, having been raised in a household of boys, I said, okay, let's get back on. You know, if you get thrown off a house, horse, get back on and uh, get over your fear of it. Well, Michael took one look at me and the, the kind of injuries I had, and and he said, uh, no, you're going into the bus, and we're going to go back. So we sat in the bus for a while, and he was giving me a really wonderful healing and sort of grounding me and taking the shock out of my body. And we got back to the, we were on one of those boats on the Nile, so we got back to the boat in a while. And as we were climbing onto the boat, I realized I had sustained the injury of probably the worst case of whiplash I had ever had. And... I couldn't move. In fact, it was so bad that I was not hungry, and I asked Michael to help put me to bed so that I could just maybe sleep it off. And it was so bad, he had to actually support my head and neck so that I could lay down because I couldn't use those muscles. And after he left, I started thinking about, oh my gosh, you know, uh, I started seeing the vision of this is only the third day of the trip, and we were. Uh, I was going to probably have to fly home or something because I wasn't going to be able to go on the rest of this 21-day trip. And it was pretty serious stuff. And later I heard him come in and get into bed, but I stayed real quiet and still. And after he went to sleep, I woke up and I decided to force myself up out of the bed and there was a teeny little, this was a tiny little berth and there was a chair in the corner and I meditated and did a thing that we talk about running the earth and cosmic energy. I did that for two solid hours in, in that chair and I just ignored the pain and just did the energy work and I started to feel a lot better well enough that after two hours, I before I went back to bed, I put out there to spirit, okay, I just remembered I asked for a miracle, and this is kind of a disastrous situation to ask for a miracle in. But if I have one coming, could I have it <laughs> some form or another uh, to be able to be uh, able to finish this trip? And I got up, and I felt well enough to get back into bed myself, which was a miracle in and of itself, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. Well, I close my eyes and I start to fall asleep. And next thing I know, I'm standing next to the bed again. And I went, oh, okay. So I turned around and strangely, in full consciousness, I walked right through the door of our berth and went into the darkened hallway of of the ship, of the, you know, that room area we were in. I walked down the hall and I met someone in the main area by these beautiful stairs because this is a three-deck boat. And that person said to me, "Well, I heard if you go up one of the sets of stairs, and rather than going up the second step, you you know you have to make a right turn or left turn and a left turn instead. You make a left turn and then go through that wall, and look to the left. There'll be another set of stairways, and if you go up that stairways, you will see Saint Mark, and he will give you a healing." <laughs> and I thought, okay. I, I mean, I I didn't doubt what I was being told, and I walked up those stairs, and the feel of the banister, these are very shiny brass and wood banisters. Somebody's polishing them every day. The feel of that was completely real, walking all the way up to the landing, making that left turn and going to the wall, walking through that wall, looking to the left, and sure enough, there's this uh, old, it looked like cement or rocks or something, old stairway going upward from there, on the other side of the wall of this um, stairway. But before I walked up that uh, stairway, I looked out before me, and it reminded me of being in an empty Macy's parking lot. You know, some of those Macy's have a parking lot underneath them where it's really quiet with no cars. It was no cars. It wasn't a real high ceiling, and there's these poles everywhere holding up something, like the floor of something. Um, So it was this open area, and it felt very clean and different than the boat. Then I looked at the stairway and walked up the stairs, and as I walked up the stairs, I could see above there was an arch, and this door opened, and right inside the door was what looked like the bottom of a baptismal font, like what you see in a Catholic church. And on the other side of that font was this tall man with black hair and a black beard, very nice looking, looked like he was in about his 30s. And he's looking over the top of this baptismal font. And I'm walking up the stairs looking at him, and he's looking at me very curiously. And I said, um, someone down there told me if I come up here, um, I would meet St. Mark. Is that you? And <laughs> And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm asking someone if they're St. Mark for crying out loud. You know, that that sort of thought. And he says, yes, that's me, what seems to be the problem. And then I realized I had to tell him I fell off a camel. (laughs) So I told him, I fell off a camel today and I hurt my neck and I want to finish this trip. And he says, did you bring it with you? And I at first wondered what the heck it was. And then I could see through the boat down to where my body was laying in bed. And I that's when I realized I was in my spirit body, but in full and complete consciousness. And he said, okay. And next thing I was waking up in my body. And it was still nighttime, probably three thirty, four 4 o'clock in the morning. And I thought, okay, I just met with St. Mark. He just promised me healing. So I sat up, I turned my head to the left, I turned my head to the right, and I, then I started shaking my head really hard, which I couldn't do at all before. And I woke up Michael and told him, Hey, Michael, look, I am i had a miracle. And so after that experience happened, uh, let me tell you, he and I celebrated for the rest of <laughs> his trip that I didn't have an injury that I came home with or I didn't have to be sent home. And that was one of the best parts of it. But the other takeaway for me was when I ask for a special miracle or if I'm asking for something like that, that it doesn't necessarily have to um, result because there's going to be a disaster that makes me needing one. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, so ever since that one, uh, you preemptively asked for miracles, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, because a lot of times, you know, why is it that so many people associate miracles with desperate situations and, you know, big major crises and all that kind of stuff it is because that's when a lot of people do end up having a miracle because they're desperate because they're going, Oh my God, you know, it's a miracle or I just die or it's a miracle or everything's over. And so they give up they they let go of whatever righteousness, whatever belief they think, you know, they have to hold on to to survive. They, they're they looking at death in their face, so to speak, and they're going, hey, you know, I don't have the answer. <laughs> it's up to something way bigger, something way more vast, limitless than I am to come up with solution to this dilemma I'm in. So those are usually pretty desperate situations. But it's not in the desperation that the miracle happens it's after you let it go right so you're you're looking at oh my god i'm going to crash right into that brick wall if i something's happened and the next thing you let go that's been my experience every time i'm facing hey this could be my last moment <laughs> on earth anyway types of a moments Right after that, I just let go because I don't have the answer. I, I don't logically know this is what I have to do, right? It's just okay. The, it's, there's no time for it. And so whether it's careening down the, the black ice in the middle of the night on a hairpin turn curve mountainside, and I'm spinning in circles completely un- uncontrolled, and I just go, okay, this is it. And I let go. And next thing, the front wheel of a front-wheel drive grabs onto a little bit of gravel. I step on the accelerator. It catches, and I straighten out. And and I come to a skidding stop right before I crash into this solid mass of rock. And I didn't go over the cliff. That's 2,500 feet down. So I let go. That's part of the key to having the miracle you got to let go.
1: And also knowing that when things line up right, that's when the miracles come in. And if you do your work ahead of time, miracles can very much become a part of your life. Well, we're at the end of our show already. Thank you for joining us today. Next Wednesday here on Living the Miracle, we'll recommend that you don't wait, just create. We'll have fun with that show. Please keep spreading the word about our show. We'd love to have a lot more fans and share it on social media. Remember, too, that we'll be in Basel and Zurich, Switzerland in less than four weeks. Michael will be teaching an evening workshop in Basel on Wednesday, June 5th at the PSI Varane, an evening workshop for Forum Imlicht in Zurich on Friday, June 7th, as well as a full seminar weekend, June 8th to 9th. Be sure to check our website events listing for June for all the details and to sign up. Please tell especially your Swiss and German friends over there about this. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully.